0: Hey everyone, Art Burns here. Hope you're all having a great day today. I am so excited about today's episode Uh, on the podcast and on the YouTube channel. I have such an exciting video that I'm going to make for you today. And uh, I'm really just... Just so excited. And um, not only is it a subject that I really love because it it involves some very serious brain science, some neuroscience on the highest level, which is just, I am a completely nerd for this kind of stuff these days. Um, But not only that, but it actually also comes Via requests, okay. This uh, this subject uh is something that was mentioned to me by the 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 person who actually just became my first patron on Patreon, and so I didn't get permission to use uh, this person's name, so I'm not going to. Uh, I will. See if they want me to call them out in a future episode, and I will do so happily. Uh, and if any of you all would like me to call you out as patrons on my on my videos, you can let me know after you join my Patreon. <laughs> a little plug there. Um, but anyway, this this person found me on on uh, on the YouTube channel or the podcast or both. Uh, found me by looking by searching for a specific term, and that term was default mode network. All right. And so, you know, I've covered this a couple of different times in my work. Uh, actually, another request that came in from a listener uh, asking about addiction and mindfulness uh, actually also includes the default mode network. So that was the last time I dusted off any of these books and, and kind of, uh, you know, polished up on some of my uh, factual uh, research on the default mode network. Um, but I just love getting requests from people. So I'm really excited to, to get back into this, this subject. And, and it's also, it is very very, very important, as I'm going to show you here in a few moments. And I'm not going to speak in a bunch of uh, techno babble. I'm going to keep it nice and easy, and uh, and kind of um, uh, user friendly, as it were. And uh, and we're going to get get some good information to you about this really important sort of um, uh, functioning of the brain. Okay, so so the default mode network. Okay, now first of all, the default mode network has only been known uh, and really understood, you know, with any kind of depth uh, since like the, the very late 90s, even the year 2000, right? Uh, it was first published uh, in a paper uh, in the in the year 2001, and, and the person who kind of discovered it and named it uh, is, a, is a person by the name of Marcus Reichel, R-A-I-C-H-L-E. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, um, but Dr. Reichel was was doing some research on sort of the uh, the activity in the various areas of the brain, right? So it turns out, really interestingly, turns out that the brain, while it only ac- accounts for uh, 2% of our body mass, right, it actually uses 20% of the body's energy. So that's in terms of, of blood and oxygen and sort of caloric uh, energy, you know, is actually being used by your brain. 20% of the, of the energy that you use in your body is being used by the brain, which is a very, very high amount, right? And so, what what uh, Dr. Reichel was doing was he was trying to sort of like pinpoint the different areas in the brain um, that become active during various, you know, uh, activities, right? And so, what he did, what 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 really kind of um, astounded him a little bit and led to the the uh, sort of discovery and the naming of the default mode network, right? was that he would have people do various things, right, in these lab experiments to sort of see where the the energy was was happening in the brain, right? What, what areas of the brain were lighting up, as they say, right? Um, and so, and he was, he, he, one thing that he gave was uh, he had a subject uh, count backwards by 13 from the number 1,472 or something like that and count backwards by 13 down to zero. Right. And so so that's a a task that requires a lot of attention. Right. A lot of focus, attention and, and, you know, brain, you know, kind of focus energy. Right. And uh, and what he found, this is really kind of mind blowing. What he found was that when people were in that kind of of hyper focused kind of activity. Right. The actual overall activity of the brain actually went down which was very surprising. You would think that in such, something that required such exertion of your attention and your, your logic and your thinking, right, that the, that the activity of the brain would be in, in a very hyper, you know, elevated level, but actually it was the opposite. And what this led to was the discovery of this default mode network. So what the default mode network is, when you are doing nothing, Right? when you're just chilling out right like say sitting watching TV um, you know or, or even when you're not necessarily doing nothing but when you're doing something that doesn't require any of your attention or your thought okay something that scientists would call a non-task oriented activity right so you're doing something that is so familiar and so easy for you that you do not have to think about it Right. So anything from that, which could be, you know, washing the dishes, driving your car, um, you know, walking from here to there. Right. Like you don't think about walking while you're walking. Right. Like that's something that we don't do is ever since we were two or three years old. Right. We do not think about, you know, okay, my right foot is stepping now. My left foot is pushing off and stepping forward now. We don't think about that stuff because we've done it so many times that we don't have to devote any thought to it right same thing with parents you know there's so many things like the first time a parent changes a diaper right is like the most one of the most difficult things you've ever done in your life right you know for a variety of reasons it's difficult you know sensory not you know (laughs) especially um but but as you change the diaper you know what, four or five times a day, you know, over and over and over again. Then you have another child and you do the same thing over and over and over again. It gets to the point where you just do it. You don't have to think about it, right? And so when we're in one of these non-task-oriented activities, which, by the way, accounts for, you know, for in some cases, 95% of the different things that we do every day, right? Most of the things that we do every day are exactly, you know, fall exactly under this umbrella of non-task-oriented activities because we simply don't need to think about them right? And so, so when we're doing all these many things every day, right, what's happening is the, the kind of, you know, the, the sort of understanding before Dr. Reichel, you know, discovered this default mode network, the, the understanding was, was that the, the brain is at its sort of rest state, right? The things are quiet, but nothing could be further from the truth. Actually, it's, it's, just bursting and 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 vibrating with activity, even when you're not using it technically, right? And so and so this is this area that is so active during these times of non um, non uh, task oriented activities is called the, the the default mode network, okay? So it's like the default. It's like when you're not doing anything, when you're doing nothing, you're going into this default mode network, right? So the default mode network is a circuitry, right, that, that involves uh, an area from the front of the brain, an area from the back of the brain, and then you can't see it because this is the outside of the brain, but in the inside of the brain, and for all of you on the podcast, I'm just pointing to my T-shirt, you're not missing that much, but, but, but through the center of the brain, Connecting the front to the back, you know, this is sort of this area, this circuitry that is called the default mode network. So if you were looking at somebody in, an, in a real-time functional MRI, right, where you, you know, uh, you're seeing the activity of the brain like lighting up as, it's, as things are happening, right, if you had somebody just doing nothing, Right this is the area that would be that would be lit up, right There would be like a red orange kind of area in the front of the brain, a red uh, orange kind of area in the back of the brain, and then sort of a, a strip of of red that goes from the the front to the back, but just very, very much in the inside of the brain, like through the center, right so like on the inside of the of the right hemisphere and the inside of the left hemisphere, right that kind of you know internal channel, if you will. So anyway, that just gives you an idea of where this is happening in the brain. It's not really important to, to the conversation here, but just giving you sort of some, uh, some reference points there, right? So... The thing is that the Default Mode Network is responsible for two really important things when it comes to the work that we talk about here on this podcast and in these videos, okay? And actually, um, I, I the last time I talked about the Default Mode Network and the last time I broke out all of these books and, and, you know, read through, and by the way, when I read these books, it's like there's so much underlined here that it's like, you know, I, I read back I'm like, why not even underline, I just read the whole book again, but anyway. Anyway, um, the last time I came through this was a few months ago when when another listener uh, actually contacted me asking me about how addiction and mindfulness work together, and and the default mode network is central to that topic. Okay, so um, so so let's talk about what this the default mode network really kind of does at first. Okay. Um, So again, the default mode network is active when we are in a, you know, when we're not thinking about something, right? When we're just kind of there, you know, whether we're just sitting down, you know, just gazing off at the blue sky, or we're doing one of those many, many things, as I said, that just don't require our attention, right? That is when this area of our brain is active. So the, the result of the activity of this brain, is, of this area of our brain, is very specific. And it really ties in not only to, to uh, addiction, as I'm going to cover in a couple moments, but it also ties into just our general happiness and the ability that we have to uh, to kind of function properly with with the right kind of perspectives in our lives, okay? So, so let's talk about what happens, right? So the, the default mode network is responsible for uh, two really kind of specific things. Now, it's, there's a lot involved. I mean, obviously, you know, like, I could never cover in 20 minutes of a video what's contained in all these books and all these books and stuff. So I mean, so there's a lot more to it that I'm going to be able to, to talk about today. Um, again, I have talked about this before, and I'm talking about new parts of it today. So you can check out the older episodes and stuff, um, or do some more research, or let's get into a conversation. We can talk about more of this. But anyway, the two things that are really pertinent to the, the work that we do here on this podcast and in these videos is that the first thing the default mode network is doing is is it's giving us a sense of it, it, it's 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 making us focus it's forcing us to focus on ourselves okay now the, it's very commonly known that that we live in what could be called a me centered universe right we we always have this tendency to think of how the world affects us, right? So so we, we kind of view the universe as this thing that revolves around us, right? Which, to an extent, that's true, right? Because everything that we're experiencing, we're experiencing as it relates to us. So there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, right? However, when we think of the things that are are going on with us, right? So when the default mode network is active, what it's going to have us do is something that psychologists and neuroscientists call selfing, right? Which is kind of taking this me-centered universe and really amplifying it so that we're really like pretty close to kind of obsessed, right? In a kind of ruminating kind of fashion about ourselves. Okay, now, The bad news about that is that we don't really tend to think about how awesome we are. Right? We don't think about how wonderful everything in our life has been and how wonderful everything in our life is going to be and how wonderful we are within our life and how beautifully we touch everyone else in our lives. Right? Instead, what we are going to be you know, much more likely to think, and in fact, like necessarily going to think about, like definitely, not more likely, but definitely, the things we're going to think about are what is wrong. With ourselves, right? We're going to think about our, um, our sort of drawbacks, our in, uh, you know, inadequacies, our problems, our worries, our fears, right? That's where our mind is going to go when our default mode network is active right? And I'm sure you could, you know, you could do a little thought experiment on your own, right? That while you're sitting there watching TV, you know, notice what kind of thoughts come up, right? As you're, as you're doing that. I mean, TV might be a little bit of a, of a strange thing because you are focused on something when you're watching TV, right? So maybe that's not a good one. Maybe just driving your car, right? Like turn off the radio as you're driving the car and just allow yourself to be present with your thoughts and notice what kind of thoughts come up, right? In generally, What's likely to come up are things like, you know, money problems or social concerns or health concerns or um, uh, romantic concerns or, you know, problems at work, you know, problems at, you know, with your family. You know, you're going to think about that thing you did last week that you regret doing, right? These are the things that are likely to pop up into your mind as you're, you're just in this kind of do-nothing state, Right? And so that's what the default mode network is making you do. Right? It's, it's kind of forcing you to, to, um, to, to think about those things about yourself and, and what is not right about yourself. Right? So in a lot of ways, you've heard the term, I'm sure, the monkey mind right? Um, you know, just the, the idea that, that there's this monkey inside your mind that's just looking in every corner and turning on lights and, and just running around and just kind of making your thoughts all very busy, right? Well, that really is the default mode network, right? Like, that's what we're talking about, you know, on a, on a scientific level, right? That's what they describe when they call, when they talk about the monkey mind. And and more specifically, right? The the default mode network could be called the wandering mind. Now there's a couple of things about the wandering mind, right? Now again, we are most likely to think about things that are not positive about ourselves when we're in this selfing slash wandering mind of the default mode network, right? In addition to that, right, even if we do think about something that is positive, right, there's a lot of research that shows that the wandering mind is an unhappy mind, okay? And again, there's lots of research that shows this. And to the point, right, where um, this author, Dr. Dan Siegel, right, had, uh, I, I attended a seminar with him several years ago, and he actually said that that in this seminar, that when you're in the shower, and you're thinking about not Thinking about what's happening in the shower, right? You're not present with what's happening in the shower. You're not hearing the water. You're not feeling the heat. You're not, you know, smelling the soap. You know, you're really not present with what's happening in the shower. Even if, in the absence of that presence, you're thinking about something very positive. He used the example of a vacation to Hawaii. That even if you're thinking about something that wonderful and that happy, because you're not present with what you're doing in the shower, because you are doing something, right? It's not like you're just sitting there in a chair, gazing off into the sky and letting your mind wander, right? That's There's nothing wrong with that kind of mind wandering. But when your mind wanders while you are doing something, even if it's a non-task-oriented activity, like taking a shower that you've done thousands of times in your life and you don't have to think about, Even if your mind is wandering to something immensely positive and happy, like a vacation to Hawaii, you are taking away your happiness. You are withdrawing from your happiness with that wandering mind, okay? So let me, before I get into how the work that we talk about here helps with this and, and alleviates this problem, let me talk about the other aspect that's very pertinent to the default mode network, okay? Um, another thing that is very famous and, and, and one of the effects of the default mode network is that it we, we will tend to give us the perception, the false sense of separate self. Okay, now, when I talk about this, it's really hard for me not to sound woo-woo and hippy-dippy, right? But this is not a woo-woo, spiritual, hippy-dippy kind of concept. Not only, not anymore, right The fact is that sci- you know on a hard-nosed neuroscientific level with just exhaustive and unambiguous research that has been shown that we are connected to one another in a very you know sort of you know measurable, energetic way. Something else I talk about here a lot is the um, is the empathic resonance and this is part of that energy that connects us, right when when I see you, bang your thumb with a hammer as you're trying to nail in, you know, drive a nail into a piece of wood, when I see that hammer hit your thumb, I feel the pain in my body, right? There are literally, there are things called mirror neurons in our, in our brains, which, which literally, I feel exactly what you're feeling in my body. Right. So so there's not, you know, and that's of course just one example, but the, the fact of the matter is that that we are. We are very deeply connected to one another, okay, through an energy, not through a, a conscious, you know, there is a con- there is a, a, a connected consciousness as well. But even beyond that, we're just talking about a connection that exists between us, even on an unconscious level, right? And so So bringing that to the conscious is a very powerful thing, but we're going to talk about that in a second. But what the default mode network does, right? Because it's so sort of uh, inwardly pointed, right, and it's and it's and it's inwardly directed, right, so that it kind of all about the self, right. What it does is it has us feel disconnected from the rest of the world. And this is where we start to get into why there's an addiction connection to the default mode network, right? Because you're thinking just about yourself and what's wrong with yourself, and you're feeling a lack of connection to others. There's a famous uh, quote in in the, the you know, sort of realm of addiction, right? Which is, I am a former ad- addict, myself a recovering addict, you're never really a former addict, I'm a recovering addict. Um, and the, the, the quote is, and the, the sort of, um, uh, you know, philosophy is that uh, the opposite of addiction is not sobriety, which is what most people kind of associate, right? If, you, if you're, you know, addicted to something, get sober, and then that's, you're done, right? No, the opposite of addiction is connection. Right? And then, again, there's unambiguous research showing this. There's a really famous one about some lab rats um, that that actually they they had a lab rat with a a bowl of Regular water and or a, a bottle of regular water, or a bottle of cocaine water, right? And the, the mouse in, in isolation would would drink the cocaine water to the point where where he just he was just about to kill himself, right? But when they took that mouse and or rat and they put him into a cage with other mice or rats and had the same cocaine water next to the regular water, within a cut almost immediately the the animal would not touch the cocaine water anymore. Okay, that's because he had connection to others, right? He felt a connection. So now again, this is a very deep topic and we can talk about this in another episode, but that's how the default mode network can, can uh, sort of, um, uh, you know, involve a level of, of, um, of addiction, right? And the reason for this is, right, or one of the reasons for this, and it doesn't have to just be chemical addiction either, right, like it can also be workaholism, it can be addiction to video games, it can be addiction to lots of things because the idea is that that once you start doing something right, if you're busying yourself with work or you're busying yourself with, with, uh, with playing a video game. And for those of us who are addicted, you know, getting high or getting drunk is an activity, right? That is something that we're, we're focused on doing. So once we do that, we're now quieting this, this uh, 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 default mode network and we're, we're now in the, the prefrontal cortex of our brain, like we're thinking about stuff, actively thinking about stuff. So, so it relieves some of that pain. Right? So it's not just chemical addiction, it's also you know, workaholism, overeating, uh, video games, smoking, all this kind of stuff. All right? So how does mindfulness practices help with this whole concept of the default mode network? Okay? So, um, so first of all, remember, the default mode network is, is active when we are not concentrating on something right? When we're just kind of letting things go, right? Wandering the mind, right? Or allowing the mind to wander, right? So when we work with meditation and mindfulness, meditation and mindfulness, pardon me, are called contemplative practices, right? So you're contemplating, right? You're using that, that cortex of your brain right if you look at my t-shirt here that that wrinkly pink part of your brain that's the part of your brain that is responsible for thought right that that's the the part the executive functioning of your brain right That what makes you think right and so so when you are paying attention to what it is you're doing. Even if it is something that is normally very automatic that you don't have to pay attention to, what you're doing is you're not allowing the default mode network to just run rampant and just take over. Instead, what you're doing is you're actually letting that default mode network connect and integrate to the other parts of your brain, right? And this changes everything with how the default mode network works, right? Because now you're not gonna be stuck in this selfing um, you know, cycle of, of like thinking only about yourself and thinking about what's wrong with yourself and all this, right? In fact, what you're gonna start doing now is you're going to start noticing that you're thinking about yourself and you're thinking about how inadequate you are. And now you're gonna be able to challenge those thoughts. Right, And so basically, it, it, it comes down to the fact that as we're practicing mindfulness, what we're doing is we're paying attention to what's happening as it's happening. And so therefore, we're not ever in a place of, of non-task-oriented activity, right? Now, not without intention, I should say, right? I could still take a chair out on the lawn and just and gaze up into the blue sky and let my mind wander. I can do that anytime I want to, right? but I can do that intentionally, right? It's not like I'm you know, washing dishes and thinking about this stuff. When I do that, I'm gonna think about something really negative about myself, and I'm gonna get into this very sort of you know, things that are associated with this aspect of, of the mind are or, or depression, uh, anxiety, again, addiction, all that kind of stuff, right? So I'm going to avoid that the more that I'm able to pay attention intentionally to what is happening as it's happening and do so with a non-judging awareness. Okay. The second thing that really comes in strong. Now, you know, by, by listening to some of these podcasts and, and, uh, and the videos that I put out here on YouTube every day, you know that I talk a lot about compassion, right? And this ties into the default mode network as well, right? Because compassion right and empathy empathy also arises from mindfulness practices right because as you build an awareness of your own body you start to you know build the level of empathy which is empathy is nothing more than the ability to feel someone else's pain inside my body right and so you develop more of a capacity for that through the practice in general right just through meditation and mindfulness practices of paying attention to what's happening as it's happening right but then when we add compassion Right, compassion is all about, you know, being concerned about another person's suffering. Right, the the word compassion comes from the Latin, uh, compare, right, which means to suffer with. Right. So, so when we're feel when we're practicing compassion and we're engaged in the concept and the idea and the practice of compassion, what we're doing is we're we're concerning ourselves. With another person suffering, and we're trying to to you know to be present with that suffering so that we can help to relieve that suffering, right? And so when we practice compassion, what we're doing is we're building a connection. We're 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 cultivating a conscious and 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 deliberate and intentional connection to others, right? As I told you before, uh, earlier in this video there is a connection that is unconscious, whether we ever know about it or not. And some people live their entire lives without ever feeling it, ever knowing it. And for those people, my heart absolutely weeps because it's beautiful to feel it, right? And so what we can do is we can make that conscious, right? We can bring that into our awareness, our conscious and deliberate and very awake awareness, right? And when we do that, Right? What we're doing is, we're, we're breaking down this idea of this false sense of separate self, and in fact, we are cultivating the conscious awareness of the fact that you and I are very much connected. Right? We, we do share this energetic uh, you know, kind of exchange between us. Right? It's real, it's there and it's real. And the more that we kind of you know, practice that, Which, again, is nothing more than just, you know, compassion practices are nothing more than just, you know, wishing people well. Like if you, you know, if you say to somebody, hey, I hope you have a great day, that's practicing compassion, right? And the more we do that, and there are some really simple practices I can give you to do that on a, you know, daily basis, 10, 15 minutes a day, you know, the more we do that, the more we build that connection to each other. And and the more we build that connection to each other, the more that default mode network is actually integrating into the other parts of our brain because um, compassion practices are also, as much as mindfulness practices, compassionate practices are, are, you know, responsible for, known to be responsible for, integrating the various regions of our brains together, right, and that's why, um, you know, well, with meditation, you know, when when we're in formal meditation, one of the things that that often happens uh, at a certain point of meditation is you start to produce high amplitude gamma waves in your brain. Now I'm getting very techno babble here, and I don't want to, but let me just give you a quick little trick on on understanding how the. Um, the gamma waves work in your brain. Gamma waves, when you have gamma waves present in your brain, what that means is that every region of your brain is firing, all of it at once. You're, you're using every bit of the energy of your brain, right? It's all just there for you, right? And so there's a great uh, little trick that they have in this book here um, that's written by Dan, Dr. Daniel Goleman and Dr. Richard Frazier, uh, Richard, uh, uh, sorry. Richard Davidson, pardon me. Um, and, and so this, this um, so, so what is the one word that would make a compound word out of the following three words, okay? Meaning there's one word you could add to these three words which would create a compound word for each one, right? This is one common word. So, so the three root words are going to be crab, sauce, and... let's say, pie, right? I don't think that's the one that they use, but let's use pie, right? So, so crab, sauce, and pie. What's the one word that you could use to, to create a compound word with each of those? One word. I'm not gonna sit here forever. I'll give you a couple more seconds. And if you want, here's the thing, if you don't have it yet and you wanna keep working on it, then pause this video right now. Okay, so when you came up with that answer, and the answer is the word apple, the minute you came up with that word apple, that meant that you were experiencing gamma waves. That means that every part of your brain, you were searching everything you have, every memory, every understanding, everything you have, and it all came together. So that is a way that you can experience Gamma Waves. So I hope you got it. And if you didn't, I hope you paused long enough to, to get it on your own. Um, so anyway, <laughs> that's a fun little trick that you can do. You can play that at a party next time you go out at Thanksgiving or whatever, or Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever you're doing. Um, but anyway, so so the default mode network, okay, again, false sense of separate self, right, plus the idea of selfing, which is, you know, kind of obsessively thinking about ourselves, right? Like, you know, thinking about like, you know, know, what's my Facebook, you know, how many likes did I get on my Facebook post? How do I look today? Um, You know, all that kind of stuff, as well as the more autobiographical way of of selfing, right? Which is like, how did I make the decisions that got me to this point? You know, why am I so bad with money? Why am I so, uh, you know, why don't I have more friends? Why don't I, you know, all this stuff, right? But again, it's that me-centered universe right that's selfing okay those are the two things predominantly that the default mode network is responsible for doing to us right and as that happens right um, you know or, or the way to counteract that is through mindfulness practices because by paying attention to what you're doing. You're taking yourself out of the, the non-task oriented activity and into a state of flow, right? Where you're really paying attention to what you're doing as you're doing it, right? So that eliminates it, it diminishes the, the effect of that default mode network. It doesn't take it away necessarily, but it, it, it tones it way down. And, and again, when we do this with a non-judging awareness, we're able to sort of see with curiosity how these things happen, right? We can start to see, well, look at me doing this selfing thing, isn't that interesting? My default mode network must be active right now, so let me, you know, focus on what I'm doing and all of a sudden, look at that, I'm not thinking these selfing thoughts anymore, I feel great, I feel like I can get through whatever I need to do, and now I feel amazing. And again, because now you're happy. Right? You're not happy when your mind is wandering and you're thinking about all these different problems and all these different isolating thoughts. Right, You're not happy during those times. So therefore, you can't be in a flow state. You can't you know, employ. Because then, of course, what happens is as we start thinking about these negative things about ourselves, we start to sense fear. And once we start to sense fear, that's when the stress happens in our bodies. And then the whole brain functioning gets thrown off completely. Right. You're, you're you literally your IQ drops by like 15 points when you're in the stress response. Right. So you're no longer even able to to diminish the the default mode network. So that's why it's also very much connected with um, with stress. Right. Which is connected to the wandering mind. Right. Which is also connected to the sense of separate self, the false sense of separate self. Right. Because the more we feel isolated, the more afraid we're going to be from that. Alright, so I hope you enjoyed this. This was a really long video, um, you know, trying to give uh, give you the the value here. And I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope you understood it. I hope if you have any questions, I hope you reach out and ask me whatever questions you have. And um, I'd be happy to hear from you. And I'd really be happy to get into a conversation, especially if it's a conversation that allows me to help you to to practice some of these practices to do these practices, which will help to to reduce the, the negative aspects of your default mode network and allow you to be happier and more fulfilling, you know, lead a more fulfilling life, a more connected life, and a more happy life because that is a more successful life. All right, so let's talk about that. All right, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. I wish you well, and I'll talk to you soon, I hope. All right. If not, I'll be back again tomorrow. Not sure what I'm going to talk about yet, but I'm going to probably follow up on some brain science. So maybe we'll talk about empathic resonance or something like that. But anyway, thanks for being here. I look forward to being here with you again tomorrow. Take care, everybody. Have a great day. Bye-bye.